0: Fight Back with Libby's Zneimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown
1: tougher anti-drinking and driving laws are being considered by the Trudeau Liberals in Ottawa. Federal Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould is considering lowering the legal alcohol limit for licensed drivers. She sent a letter to her provincial counterparts in May in which she suggests lowering the limit to 50 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood from the current 80 milligrams. The federal minister says the change would make it easier to fight drunk driving and that the current rules were established after research showed the risk of being involved in a car accident was twice as likely when a driver has 80 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood in his or her system. The minister writes that modern day research suggests earlier data underestimated that risk. Wilson-Raybould said in her letter she is eager to hear her colleagues' thoughts on the proposed legislative change. What are your thoughts? 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. Keith Singer is an addictions counselor and joins us on the line. Keith, in your opinion, will this be, would this be a further deterrent to drinking and driving?
2: Uh, first of all, afternoon. thank you for having me on. Um, I don't feel that this would be a term to do with drinking and driving. I think the individuals that uh, that decide to and drink and get behind a wheel aren't going to be concerned about the difference of .03. Um, this also has a lot to do with the body alcohol content um, and actually how we process the alcohol that we're, we're given. Uh, it puts a lot more pressure on bars, perhaps, uh, and, and the uh, police as well when it comes to taking a look at the individuals that are being pulled over. Um, there are so many uh, other factors when it comes to alcohol and detecting alcohol in your system that comes into place with regards to uh, being at point zero five.
1: You know, Keith, it's interesting, you know, this topic of conversation comes up from time to time at dinner parties, family gatherings. I've heard a lot of people say that they would just rather see zero tolerance for alcohol because, as you say, everybody uh, deals with alcohol in a different way. That, you know, you could hit .05 very quickly if you're a small, a physically small woman, but it might take a while for a, a larger man and And nobody really knows where that decisive line is, so what about that as a concept
2: I would be in the camp of, of zero tolerance you would um, be
1: sorry your your line's not that great oh, if you could oh, maybe sorry. yeah no yeah, it's okay yeah
2: absolutely be in the the camp of zero tolerance for alcohol. I think that that's absolutely acceptable to say that anybody that chooses to take out a vehicle. Uh, which potentially can cause a lot of damage to other individuals, as well as yourself, and then picks up drink and drives, is a risk. We know when we get behind the wheel that we have tremendous obligation to ourselves and to everybody else on the road to be 100% safe. The only way that we can guarantee that is by not fogging our mind with any alcohol whatsoever.
1: Well, it certainly takes away the vagueness from the whole situation, doesn't it? It
2: absolutely does. The only, uh, the only things that, that would then be come into place is, you know, there are certain foods that, that uh, you know, can, can biotransform into alcohol in your system, uh, medication that can cause some, some issues. But other than that, uh, it's very straightforward. You have zero uh, alcohol in your system as far as, you know, ethylene alcohol, then you have zero.
1: Most of you who are listening right now, a good chunk of you are in your car when you can do so safely and you'd like to offer your opinion as a driver. What do you think? Should the legislation for drinking and driving be reduced so that it would be a criminal conviction if your blood alcohol level was at 0.05% rather than 0.08% or... Zero tolerance, as our addictions counselor Keith Singer is uh, proposing, or at least uh, saying that it wouldn't be a bad idea at all. 416 360 0740 1866 740 4740. I know you have an opinion on this because we've all been in situations where we we make that decision to drive or not to drive. Uh, and, and I'm hearing more and more, Keith, that people make that decision before they even have have their first glass of alcohol. So they're thinking in advance. Either I'm going to be the designated driver, we're going to take an Uber, we're going to take a taxi. People, I, I think, are a lot more thoughtful than they were decades ago.
2: I completely agree. And I think there are a lot, a lot more modes of transportation. Um, when Point Zero was originally brought in, that was uh, back in 60s, if I believe my uh, stats are correct. And we, we have tremendous amounts of ways to actually get around now. You know, you do have your taxis, your Ubers, your streetcars, everything to to get from point A to point B. But you never really need to ever get behind the wheel again if you've had alcohol, even a glass of champagne in celebration.
1: Well, and it's it's funny, too. A spokesperson for Quebec's restaurant lobby, um, and to me this seemed a bit dramatic, says if Ottawa passes such a law, it would be a disaster for the restaurant industry and for lovers, pointing out that the change would mean a woman can have one drink and a man in most cases two, but forget about a bottle of wine for two for a Valentine's Day dinner. That's over. Well, that I immediately thought, well, if my husband and I are going out and we know we're going to have a cocktail or a bottle of wine that we're going to share, we hop in an Uber. So... To say that, that it's going to kill the restaurant industry in Quebec if the the criminal charge is reduced to 0.05%, it just seems dramatic to me. What do you think? 416 360 0740 744 740. Go ahead, Keith.
2: Yeah, I think it's a very narrow sighted. I think that anybody that uh, knows exactly what their evening plans are prepares ahead. Uh, if you're going out uh, to, a, to a wedding, if you're going out to uh, to an evening with with your uh, with your partner, and choosing to uh, say well, let's go to a restaurant, and both of you know that you're going to enjoy a glass of wine or a beer or whatever your your drink of choice is, you're going to make those those appropriate decisions prior to leaving the home. You know, it's like setting up a babysitter if you're uh, you know having a party. You want to make sure that you're responsible. And all this this is doing is making sure that individuals are a little bit more responsible because it's tightening the strings on you and saying there is going to be less tolerance uh, for individuals that choose to have a drink period. Uh,
1: the rules as they stand here in Ontario, review them for us because there is that warning range and then there is that potential for criminal charges.
2: Yeah, 0.05 to uh, 0.08 is your warning level.
1: 0. So 0.05 0. to
2: 0.079. 7, 0.09, sorry, yeah, exactly. So if you blow 0.08, you are legally intoxicated and you will lose your license by criminally in char- charge. Uh, if you have blown underneath that, you will get a warning. Um, you you have to uh, you know relinquish the, your, your keys for the night. Your vehicle is towed. You can pick it up. I believe that it's 72 hours. Um, and and your your warning is is done and over with. There is no charge that that goes along with that.
1: I was uh, I was surprised to read that the rules are different in Quebec. That warning range and Quebec is the only jurisdiction that does not have that warning range between point zero five and point zero seven nine.
2: Yeah, they're they're the only province that simply has the the charge. And if you're anything underneath that, there there really is nothing.
1: Let's get to your calls now. 416 360 0740. Toll free 1 866 744 740. We've got Barry from Thornhill on the line. Go ahead, Barry.
3: Hi. Uh, good morning, good, uh, good day. Yes, good afternoon. Uh, okay, so I'm a, I'm a Zoomer. <laughs> we go out, my wife, myself, my mother, and brother. We all go out quite a bit. I go to restaurants. I don't have a drink because I'm usually driving. However, I constantly ask the restaurants, "Do you have any non-alcoholic beer?" And they all 99 percent of them don't, which is where they're, they're falling down on this thing. There are a lot of non-alcoholic beers out there from all over the world, and here in Toronto, here you can get from uh, Molson's has one that's excellent called Excel. They can buy it for less than 75 cents a can. And get their four or five or six dollars with a beer and make the same amount of money.
1: Well, I guess if you, no if alcohol. you, yeah, sorry.
3: I'm just saying there's no alcohol, and this way I can have a beer type drink with my meal but I am not risking drinking and driving.
1: Well, that's a, a good tip for all the restaurateurs out there who uh, want to entertain people who don't drink. Either they choose not to drink or they're choosing not to drink that day because they're going to be driving a vehicle. Uh, so, Or maybe that's something you should mention. If you, if you frequent a regular restaurant, mention it to the owner because that, that's a good suggestion. Sounds like that's, that's a great I- suggestion.
3: That's exactly what I do every single restaurant we go
1: to. Okay, Barry, thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Okay, let's go to Teresa in Etobicoke. Hi, Teresa, you're on Zoomer Radio.
4: Oh, hi, Libby. It's Jane. Uh, I, I that's was okay. just listening today, and I just thought, uh, I, I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, sometimes there's situations where you won't be taking an Uber. Uh, say you're you're going to see family that's further out. yes. And you're driving together and there's going to be some wine at, at at the meal. So this is why I think, you know, perhaps it's better to have a very small limit, not have zero tolerance for but situations h- like that.
1: How do you, I'm just curious, you as a woman, how do you know what the, how much alcohol would keep you below that range of 0.05 to 0.079?
4: I personally wouldn't know but say you're just having one glass of wine just to be sociable at right. the you know at the dinner table or someone might have one and a half or two tops if he was a man to me that would seem to be alright you're eating and if you're there for a few hours that doesn't seem like it's really bad in my view and you've got you know a long a fair long distance to drive I'm just putting that out there. I no, know. And,
1: and I appreciate your comment, um, and let's get Keith to weigh in on that. You know, my thought with that is, okay, so you've had your glass of wine or you've had your beer, and you get pulled over in a ride stop, and they say, have you had anything alcoholic to drink this evening? You should tell the truth, and if you tell the truth, that might mean that you have to have a breathalyzer test, Yes.
2: Absolutely. They, they would, you know, if you had, and they, they suspect that you're intoxicated, they would, would give you a breathalyzer. Um, the, one, the one thing that uh, that the young lady that called uh, said, said is that uh, you feel that you need to have a drink to be social. And I think that that's where we need to take a look at things as well. Um, if you're going to a family and, you know, you tell them, well, I'm the designated driver. Uh, everybody should understand you're the designated driver. You can have a soda water, you can have a pop, you can have a non-alcoholic beer, as the last gentleman called. But alcohol is not a requirement. You're going to see family. They hopefully want you there. They don't want you there to be drinking with them. They want you to get home safely. And I think we need to start putting that first and foremost on people's minds, is you need to get home. And everybody that's in a vehicle, walking on a sidewalk, or riding a bicycle needs to get home safely, which means that we can't be drinking.
1: Right, I understand what you're saying. I just you just kind of lost you for a second there, Keith. So while we're getting you back, we'll go to John in Aurora. John, you have a comment about drinking and driving.
5: Uh, yes, I do. Are there any statistics on the charges or anything that's been laid between that 0.5 limit and 0.8 limit?
1: hmm 0.79? Okay. Like,
5: so- I mean, that's a warning. It's like being a little bit pregnant.
1: It is the warning zone, and that's why the federal justice minister is saying let's make it 0.05 percent. That's the cutoff, period. No warning range.
5: Right. Now, again, I asked you, is there any statistics on what's happened between that range at the moment?
1: In terms of your likelihood of crashing? anything yeah well because, actually but- I mean I don't know if, if, if I don't know who is behind the research but the federal justice minister said that there is new research which says you're twice as likely to be in a crash when driving in the range between point zero five percent and point zero eight and three times as likely above point zero eight
5: according to what I've been hearing is distraction not become a greater risk right now than drinking
1: you're absolutely right
5: and furthermore with our government going forward with this uh, marijuana and all sorts of controversy about the provinces not being ready to accept them how how are they going to monitor what's going to happen with the levels of uh, impairment where uh, drugs are concerned.
1: Let's put that question to our addictions counselor, Keith Singer. Keith, go ahead. Yes,
2: hi there. Uh, Yeah, that's actually a a big question mark right now is how do we actually um, make sure that we have individuals that are okay to be on the road when it comes to to marijuana in itself as well is what is the difference between taking your medicine as it would be if you were prescribed it and perhaps you felt a, a seizure coming on or anything along those lines and you take your medication very much. You would take uh, medication for your back pain or anything like that. And now you're on the road intoxicated because of, of the uh, substance that you've taken. So there's a lot of questions when it comes to this. And I think, you know, grasping, grasping everything. At some point, we have to take a look at everything and think, are we moving a little bit too quickly?
1: OK, let's go to Marion in Dundalk. You're on Zoomer Radio. Go ahead, Marion.
4: Okay, this is just a comment. You were talking about always taking a taxi or a bus or Uber when you go out and have a drink? Yes. Well, we live up in the country on a farm. We have no taxi service. We have no bus service. We have no Uber service.
1: Understood. So,
4: so we have to make a point when we leave the house that one drinks and one doesn't because we have no other option on getting home.
1: So what do you do, Marion? Do you, if you are the designated driver, will you have that one glass of wine or that one beer because you know you have a bit of a gray area there? Or do you just, do you say that's it? I'm driving. I am not having any alcohol.
4: I don't have any alcohol because I am driving. I'm not much of a drinker anyway. I will have a drink at home, but I don't have a drink when I'm out because I know I'm driving home.
1: Okay, thank you for your comments, Uh, Keith. I'm finding uh, among friends and family, and and even internationally. uh, My husband and I just got back from Eastern Europe, and we had a meal with uh, his family, uh, extended family there, and um, his cousin said, "No, I'm I'm the designated driver tonight," and that's so. There's this international sentiment that that seems to be going around with anti-drinking and driving, and people I think people respect it when you say I'm the designated driver
2: I really do and a lot of the uh, establishments will have obviously uh, you know free drinks uh, for your designated driver to make sure that they're gonna you know stay the straight and narrow while they're while they're at their establishment and I think it's become more on the forefront for a lot of different people in a lot of different uh, countries as well that it is extremely important for everybody to be arriving home alive and make sure that everybody else is arriving home alive by by not getting behind the wheel and drinking I think if we can get down to a level of, of understanding through both policing and with the, the levels of alcohol allowed in our system, that this would be something that would be second nature to absolutely everybody, uh, we'd be one less risk away of somebody getting injured on the road.
1: That's the final word on the topic for today. Thank you, Keith. Thank you very much for having me. Keith Singer is an addictions counselor and has been joining us here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back.